welcome to How to Be a Texan. How you doing? <laughs> You're wired, man. Yes. Why are we, you so wired? Because we got a continuation episode. Oh, my God. And he finished his Diet Coke. So. <laughs> <laughs> Heavily caffeinated. And anyway, so Kevin, you and I talk so much that we got to break something into two parts, right? I guess so. It's so much great content that we're going to break it up. All right. So we're going to drop them in kind of somewhere randomly in the mix of that yeah, last. because it's such great content. You got to hear it all. I'm not going to edit any of it out. Just let her rip. All right. <laughs> let, let it rip. <laughs> Drop wind. Get her done. We will all get right. her done. Enjoy. All right. Sounds interesting to me. <laughs> as far as overall lifestyle changes, um, Kevin and I found, oh, well, I found three or four articles. And I'll admit, they were, they were not good. Um, and, and that, <laughs> I started reading the article. I was like, this is crap, man. Yeah. 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 So, so it's interesting. We, we found one from uh, Politico that was written right at the onset of the U.S. pandemic. So, March, this was written on March 19th. Yeah. Yeah. So, we kind of the country shut down March 15th, March 16th of 2020. Mm-hmm. And this was written three days later. And it was this very myopic, you know, thought of, oh, wow, you know, we're really going to be. Uh, have some foresight and think about what major changes are going to occur. And the more you and I have gone through this, it, it a lot of it is... Well, is, it is interesting to go back and read this from that time, Yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, and we talk about it like it was, you know, 10 years ago. It and feels that way. Yeah, like February and March seem yeah, forever ago. They do. But it is interesting to read what people were writing then because, you know, they were saying things... I think the phrase I used was naively optimistic. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, talking about how uh, there will be a decline in the political polarization. You know. Right. So we're all going to come together. Well, I think we were all kind of hoping that at the time, but <laughs> no, it's just, it's just a, now it's like you're either a masker or you're a not a masker. Well, no, you it's, know, it's, and it's, it's just like yeah, yeah, it's a den of snakes. It's, I it, mean, it's in, polarizing in, over different things now. That, that's right. right? And, and going into the presidential contest this fall, it's just a den of mm-hmm, snakes, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And I'm not political at all, yeah. as you know. Well, the other one that jumped out to me on here that was naively optimistic was it says a return to faith and serious experts. Man, Oh, yeah. Know, like, you know, and we for were, years people have been, you know, skeptical about experts, but now we're going to return to science yeah. and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, no, people found a way to politicize that. Yeah, too. we did for a while. I think we for were all glued to the to the TVs or whatever uh, when we were watching Dr. Fauci, for example, mm-hmm. at the beginning. We are like, oh, well, he's the expert. He's going to tell us how this is going to He is flow. the expert, yeah. He, yeah, and, and I think... People have politicized all of his responses, too. Right, right. And I think he's been pretty consistent throughout this. Is like, this is going to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be bad, and we're going to figure things out on the fly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that has been kind of hard for people to swallow is like, uh, I was, I can't remember which podcast, but they were talking about this exact topic, and they were saying like, this is how science has always been. It's always been like, you know, like this might be like an answer. This might be an answer, but in this case, they're just doing it all out in the open. Whereas yeah. normally, they're not doing it out in the open. Right. And so now it seems like, well, I don't know what to believe. Like you say one thing, and then like then you say another thing. But like right. that's just that's, that's just a the, scientific yeah. process. And that's right. They're truly figuring it out. Right. Hopefully. 
Right. The, there's one observation in this Politico thing that I thought was good. The very first one, the personal becomes dangerous. I thought that was interesting, and I still think that that probably holds. You remember after 9-11 how, um, you know, we kind of looked at people differently, like, mm-hmm. are you a threat or, or not? Mm-hmm. And I remember I flew, I don't know, a couple, three weeks after was my first flight post that. And I remember looking at people differently, like, are you a threat to me mm-hmm. and on my country? Now it's a different thing where the, this article is saying the personal becomes dangerous. Like my personal interaction, my getting closer than six feet within you, if you sneeze on me, are you a threat to mm-hmm. me? And, and I've never thought about that, but I've thought about, okay, kids sneezing on me and going into kindergarten or something. Yeah, they're going to get me sick, but I don't really think twice about it. I'm like, oh, wash my hands. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let them sneeze in my face. Right. Now it's like this, this COVID-19 is in the ether. It's in the air everywhere. Right. And if I get too close to another human, oh, they, it's weird. they can get me. It's weird. And also I've found like watching older uh, TV shows where you see a crowded room of people, I have this reaction of like, oh, that's weird. Or like you see someone shake hands or like give someone a hug. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that weirds me out. Yeah. No, I, I, I met a, I had to go to an orthopod the other day for my bad knees and I shook his hand and he offered first and we both looked at each other like, like okay, that's that weird. was weird. Can I go sh- wash my hands immediately? <laughs> Right. It's like, but I feel it's like, like, all right, let's yeah. never speak of this. That's again. very, that's very awkward right yeah. now, uh, because you know, you just kind of do it, and and but then sometimes you don't want to make the other person, you don't want to be like the judgmental person either, yeah. right? So if somebody extends their hand, you don't. At least I don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to shake your hand. I don't yeah. want to be like that. No, but at the same time, it's kind of like I'm touching yeah. death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And well, then but, like, but then there. So you and I have talked about the handshake and the importance as a Texan, the importance of a handshake and the importance of a Texas man. In my opinion, it's a very big thing. And right. and I'm for, actually take that back. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you're a Texan. I, you've generally got a strong handshake. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Right, right, right. And it's a big deal to our culture, but this has changed that. Yeah, it's changing it. So, like, now you're getting these fist bumps and these elbow bumps and leg, you know, I've seen people kick each other, and it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's, it just it's looks so dumb. You know, the elbow thing is one that I've done quite yeah. a bit. That, that one works pretty well. Yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah, and that's that, weird. that started happening early on. Maybe the butt bump, you know, do some of that. Yeah, that's no, that's weird. Like the yeah, pelvic thrust into each get other, your or butt juice all over somebody else. That's <laughs> disgusting, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just giving you <laughs> options. Juice. Butt juice. What is coming out of your rear end, man? <laughs> that's not good. You know, this, you know who we're talking yeah, about. That's definitely not butt good. juice. So anyway, that gets within my <laughs> my six foot, you know, uh, COVID bubble, and I'm not okay with it. I will so. give you credit. You almost nailed it. You invented the socially distanced handshake way before. <laughs> but the problem is the hands are still touching. Yeah. But the straight arm, because if you put both of our arms together, we're yeah. probably at least six feet apart. Almost right? six. Yeah, yeah. Almost six. So, so this is perfect. But you're still touching hands. So I guess if you put a glove on yeah. and then do your. 
Yeah. Straight arm handshake. Maybe if I put that, you know, if I'm going in on a cow to bring a, a calf out, you know, one of those big long yeah, gloves big all long the gloves. way up. Yeah, that's what you should do. Like if somebody extends <laughs> their hand, you should say, okay, hold on a second and pull out this My long. My calving glove? Oh, the long glove. <laughs> Lube it up. Yeah, okay. I'm ready to shake your hand. Well, I've always thought, I've always thought, what if we just carried around like retractable like sticks and then you can just kind of like. Oh, yeah, touch that. Uh, and t- then, touch the sticks. And then, and then, and then it'll kind of go back <laughs> and put it in your pocket or something. Microwave the stick yeah. or something after. I don't know. Oh, man. So, anyway, yeah. So, the rest of this, the decline of polars, yeah, a lot of this is. Is terrible. Uh, it was good. It was good thinking at the time. It was. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the page on that because I I think it was terrible. Bottom line is I in looking at articles, you know, if you're a researcher, you should do this right now and go write a research paper on permanent changes as a result of of COVID because so far the research is terrible out there. Um, but there's another one uh, that talks about Gen Z and the millennials and the dramatic changes it's going to have on them. I'm so tired of that. Oh, I'm no. tired of hearing articles talk about this generation, that generation. Gen uh, Z. Gen Z. Gen we really need to care about what the millennials think. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. I was. <laughs> they're grown up now. I was <laughs> listening. <Man> up. <laughs> I was listening to a uh, another podcast, and they were talking about how. Uh, kids in high school during this time are going to raise their kids in like the same way that like depression era people raise their kids, you know? Oh, because oh, yeah. they're going to be very yeah. They're going to be all like, well, they're going to be really just like hard on their kids. Like their kids will complain about something. It's like, oh, really? Like you can't go hang out with your friends? I couldn't hug my mom for three years. So. <laughs> <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> That's true, ah, I'm yeah. sure I would use that. Yeah, yeah definitely that's, use that. That's strong. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. So there's one article that talks about, you know, all the generational stuff, and I didn't even go into it because it, it seemed like crap too. So um, I will say, so let's, why don't we get back to our observations? Right, because everything on the Internet's crap, so we need to tell the people what they really should be thinking. I think so. Yeah, I think I it's better you if that. you and I just tell them. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's easier. Well, this one other article that we didn't quite hit was the retail article, but that was kind of crap too. It was crap, even though there's massive changes to retail, and I think they got it wrong. Yeah. And I'm not a retail expert. I'm a healthcare guy. And what were they saying in the article that they thought it was going to come back, but just in a different kind of way? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's like, expect to see floor arrows in the supermarket forever for the rest of your life and plexiglass, right? But yeah. your theory is, hey, there's enough other options out there like Instacart and other things that the old-fashioned corner grocery store may yeah. just fade away. Yeah, like they're talking about, oh, wow, the square footage needs to be bigger and cash is going to be at risk and there's not enough wiggle room between aisles. And I'm like, you're not thinking big enough. These are paradigm-shifting, radical things that have just happened, and your little small mind is worried about, I need two extra square feet in the aisle so that I get socially distanced from you in my cart. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's so small-minded. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that. So Wait, I th- what, what, what month was that article? Uh, it was yesterday. It was June. Oh, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just made that up. That was June 17th. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, sorry, uh, Marlene Kennedy, for calling you small-minded. Oh, but, wow. You're uh, calling people out Well, now. I'm saying it's her article. <laughs> Nobody so. would have known. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Marlene. 
<laughs> she's not from Texas, so it's okay. So you can insult her if she's not from Texas. <laughs> I guess so. So anyway, so let's go back to our list. So you and I have six or eight things that we think are kind of permanent lifestyle changes as a result of COVID-19 pandemic. Being a healthcare guy, let me talk about that first. Go for it. One of the things that I believe is is a permanent change is telemedicine or telehealth. With Medicare, CMS uh, has basically allowed uh, reimbursement for that now because it hasn't been. So that's what's been poo-pooed, that mm-hmm. nobody gets paid for it. So if you're not paid for it, you're not going to do it. So if I'm a doctor and I want to give you a telehealth visit, but I don't get paid for it, I'm not doing it. The only way I get paid is if you come into the office and we go through all the rigmarole and then I get paid. But now I get paid. I get you on FaceTime. <laughs> How many times are you going to say paid? Paid. Paid. Jeez. <laughs> so anyway, but it's so convenient, right, with your specialist or your primary care doctor. Whoever. It is really awesome. We've used it several times. Yeah. It's so easy. It is. And the girls don't have to worry about being awkwardly right you know in a doctor's office and all that stuff it's just so much easier for them yeah it's easier for me now there's some things it's just so much better like i got my first gi my colonoscopy this year (laughs) (laughs) on super bowl sunday i got that but they they did it tell them like they shipped you the device and then you hooked it up to your laptop to a zoom session Like a full moon on Zoom. It was a drone. (laughs) A drone. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh, no. No. A little bit further. No, no, it was not. Like, Amy, come in here and help me out. Pull this thing out of me. I can't reach that far back around there. (laughs) So wrong. No, there are some things like heart surgery or colonoscopy. Those are things that are going to have to be physical. Yeah. But there's a lot that can be remote or at home or biometrics. I mean, you know about all this stuff, all the technology coming up. But that, I think, Pandora's box is open on a lot of the healthcare stuff at home that I think people are going to cling to forever. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So much easier, more convenient. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is we've talked about remote work. I think remote work and video meetings, we've talked about that quite a bit. So Mm -hmm. I believe that's a shift. We've had some of the biggest companies in the world that have said, uh, we're remote forever Mm -hmm. now. I mean, forever. Yeah. Not just like, oh, let's get through this pandemic and we'll figure it out. No, they're done. You know, and I think um, you were talking a little bit before the episode about just rethinking office space and real estate and the impact of the remote work on that. We've seen it with our company, like our our little headquarters office in Palo Alto. Yeah. You know, we're really seriously thinking about do we really even need that i mean you need maybe some small little presence but everybody's working especially in you know santa clara county still everybody's working remotely anyway and you're just kind of burning cash to pay for a expensive office space that you don't really need so that that goes back to that small mindedness (laughs) that i'm talking about about oh well i need extra couple of feet in the aisle so that i can get down my grocery store to not touch ethel or whatever Mm mm-hmm that's that's it's the same thing with retail and real estate. I think the pandemic has just shoved us that Thelma and Louise thing off the cliff of real estate. We're going to fundamentally rethink. There's some that's got to be there. Okay, you know, there's a lot of things that we're going to need real estate for, but I think there's a there's a big shift that's occurring. We're pivoting right now mm-hmm. on that right now. And well, like you were so, saying though, the shift was happening, right? The it, shift with you know the technology that's out there, yeah. you know 
working remote was starting to happen. You know, it's very, even before the pandemic, it was very common to be right. You know, on calls for most of the day, and you know, half the people are doing it from a Starbucks or something like that. Right. And you know, you hear the espresso machine in the background, so yeah. that was already kind of happening. Yeah, our dogs but, in the back. Nobody yeah, even thinks twice I think about it. To your it point, now. this just kind of like you know, for the last few holdouts out there. Yeah. Uh, I think this is, you know, well, pushed them over the over the edge. On the retail, we're seeing the demise of the malls. We're seeing the big Macy's and the Neiman Marcus, you know, them going out for good. And they, mm-hmm. Even though they've been there 120, 140 malls years. Malls have been dead for a while anyway, though. Well, but not officially. Again, I think this was the full blast. I'm yeah. pushing you off the edge. And so I think we're going to see major shifts on that. Yeah. The other thing is around kind of, you know, the use of Uber Eats or Instacart mm-hmm. or delivered foods. I mean, to go food. DoorDash. Yeah. Yeah. Getting pizzas to go has been around forever. But I think this is a whole new new thing where I'm ordering my groceries online and uh, there was something that I invested in a long time. I lost money on it. It was a guy um, that uh, started up Webvan. You remember that? And it <laughs> yeah. was a gro- online grocer. Yeah. It was literally 15, yeah. 20 years ago. And I thought... Yeah, I remember there were several of those. There was one called Webvan. There was one, I think, called Peapod yeah. back then. They were ahead of their time. Yeah, they were. And the, we didn't have the culture ready for that. They needed to go shop and look at the oranges and whatever. Now people are like, no, 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 come on, bring yeah. it to me. So I'm going online. I'm going to order my stuff. Somebody else is going to go get it for me and bring it to me. Yeah. So I yep. think that's here to stay. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, we saw a bit. Now, I don't know if this is going to stick or not, but, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of people shift the way they spend money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this discretionary funds, now people have saved more over this past six months than they ever have. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, I need to hunker down and go into this kind of pre-depression mode of like, I, what if it really gets bad? Then I need to be ready. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. I think also just, you know, this has shown areas where, you know, you can be much more efficient, right? Yeah. You know, rather than... Uh, not even by choice, right? You know, I would much rather have flown somewhere right. and done a big vacation as opposed to just a simple little trip. But yep. at the end of the day, yeah. You still had fun with your family. Save money, you know. Yeah. So just nat, I think just, I don't know, how, I'm not saying it very well, but I just think as a byproduct of this, kind of the budgets have, right. you know, been uh, f- uh, affected, right? Because you just don't have the opportunity to spend things that you could. No, that's right. Uh, so it's just easy just to... Yeah, throw that. Let's go stockpile that up. And well, save I, it up somewhere. All right, another and the onlineness. I think that's been around. Like we talked about, the younger generations are online already. You and I have gotten there. Now the baby boomers have. You mean gotten as far there. as in your personal life, using devices and just phones being and stuff online like versus in person? Yeah, I think this is again one of those tipping points that has shifted us to onlineness. Mm-hmm. Like. One of the articles was talking about the baby boomers. This has shifted them into this, like as opposed to like our moms and dads would never have gotten on a device and done anything. Now they're like, eh, I'm not going to the store. I want to figure it out. Right, right. So yeah. I think that's a shift. Contactless everything, you know, as far as touching doors to get open or uh, like the handshakes or the exchanges or the cash or whatever. I think that is something that we're going to see a major pivot on. Just I'm, people are going to know, pandemic or not, 
the the fear of the spread of germs is there, mm-hmm. it's real, and therefore I want to be contactless as possible. Your theory holds true for the cash also, I think, yeah. right? Because even before pandemic, we saw, you know, much more use of Venmo. You yeah. know, we were using Venmo. I was yeah. even using Venmo with my horse farrier, believe it or not, even before the pandemic. You told me about that. Uh, So Venmo was there, and then uh, we had ditched the cash. I was telling you right before the episode, we had ditched the cash, you know, maybe about a year ago, because we had the the cash app and, you know, the little Visa card for that, and so that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think this is, you know, definitely accelerating that, too. I don't understand the... I don't understand the shortage of coins and all that, that crap that's going on. Where they that, all seems, go? that seems manufactured. But I, 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 inv- I put all of my money into Bitcoin now. Oh, I'm just kidding. I don't do. That. <laughs> God, I was You're about really to say, man, I, I, gotta, I, hold on. Give me a second. Let me access my Bitcoin wallet <laughs> just for a cup of coffee. Well, I, I will. I will tell you. I read. Uh, there's a book called Digital Gold. It's really. Have you read that? No. It's, it's over the history of Bitcoin. You've been now, trying to get me to read this for about five years. Well, it's I actually, still haven't read it. Yeah, it's actually really good. I, I, watched, I apologize. I watched some. There were some really good. If you want it a little bit more bite sized, there there is like a. Uh, it's kind of like a YouTube series about like the origin of Bitcoin. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's like three 20-minute long videos. Oh, yeah. no. It's pretty interesting. No, they talk about like the cypherpunks and stuff. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. it's, it's cool fascinating. Stuff. But I don't know that we've shifted, pivoted. The pandemic has not shifted us toward Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't think. I bought, I think I bought so 20 bucks worth of Bitcoin, and it's, it's $18 now. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost two bucks thanks to Bitcoin. No, so. that's good. Well, you're braver than me. I still have zero. Um, a couple other things um, on this. We, uh, I, I do think, if, and again, this is kind of nerdy healthcare guy, but I think the supply chain is going to be regionalized now where we're not going to rely so heavily on Chinese imports. The Chinese virus. Thanks, Kyle. Way to go. That was uh, <laughs> Trump. But uh, anyway, but what we found, and and it was pretty. I mean, it was pretty dark. Everything that we've heard about that China knew it was coming. They basically fortified up. They they took everything out, and then they're like, "I don't care about y'all. I'm gonna take care of myself first. And then we were just left hanging. And so I think that regionalization of the supply chain has become much more important now that we have stockpiles regionally that mm-hmm. we can get to PPE and things of that nature. So I, think I will build a great, great wall. Or a, a great, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep out that Chinese stuff. Yeah. But do you, you know, there is the conspiracy theory that it was intentional. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we could do an episode on conspiracy theories. We should oh, do yeah. that. We've yeah. never done that. No, I, I agree. Um, and, and I'm not... I've got all kinds of dark theories about where the virus came from, regardless. So I won't get into that. But the Chinese it, virus. Yeah, the China, Chinese. Kung flu. <laughs> but yeah, no. It sounds like he's singing it. He's singing Kung flu. Kung flu. Kung flu. But I, I think we're we're just kind of scratching the tip of the iceberg on a lot of these permanent changes as a result of the pandemic. Um, it, it, you know, it's to be determined, but I think there's a lot of things that are going to come out of this once this season is over that we're going to see major changes that we're like, oh, wow, I, I didn't do it that way before. Now I do it that way. What are they, I've always heard it takes like, you know, six weeks to change or create a habit. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. So I definitely have noticed that, you know, after completely changing a routine for this many months. Right. 
you know, I, I can't, it's hard to remember what it was like before, really. No, that's right. You that's know? right. Because we were always, I mean, I was always out of the house a lot. Like, yeah. whether it was, you know, running to the store, running to academy to pick up stuff, you right. know, hey, Kendra, let's go out to eat. Right. And uh, now it's not that I just way. don't do that anymore. No. Yeah. I mean, I still run to get stuff to, you know, grill or whatever, but well, it's just not, it's but, just not like that. But anymore. if you go, it's, it's strategic and well thought it's out. It's strategic. Now. Yeah. It's very uh, surgical. You're, you're like, do I need a mask? How long am I going to be in the store? Exactly what I'm going to get. I'm not just going to go and meander yeah. or hang out like I used to. Well, one it's thing I've been taking advantage of, which I really like, is like not just for restaurants, but for stores doing curbside delivery. Yeah. yeah. So I got like a laptop charger from Best Buy. I just bought it online, and then they sent me an email whenever it was ready, and I just parked in the spot, and they brought it out. That's awesome. I did it with Guitar Center the other day. Mm. I didn't want to like spend time trying to figure out what quarter-inch cables I needed. I was like, oh, I'll just get a couple of Fender ones from the website. Just went up there, boom. Brought it up to me. Yeah. And I was gone in like 10 minutes. And I think that's kind of the, that's always been the, uh, the downside to the, um, to the, you know, web-based retail, right? Amazon or something. You got to wait for it. Yeah. But with this, you know, it's the best of both worlds. I can go online. I can shop. If I need something immediately, put it in there, drive up there, bring it to your car and you move on. That's really cool. But the risk reward is is the reason why Amazon's making literally billions of dollars now is the risk reward of me thinking I can wait my prime membership I can wait till tomorrow to get that course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For and most I, things you that, can. And that way I don't have to interact with a mm-hmm. Best Buy goober that might give me the yeah. COVID through his whatever. I, I heard exactly I, right. I, and thank you for using their official titles. Goober. Best Buy yeah. Goober. That's, you know, that's, no, our, that's like our the, team member name. Well, they've got like, like the, the nerd. Goobers. It used to the be Geek Squad. Geek Squad. <laughs> the yeah. Nerd Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that. <laughs> nerd Patrol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, geek Squad. Yeah. So. Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, that's probably enough for today. So uh, more to come on Pandemic Talk. But uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, this was fun. It's good to be back in the uh, in the podcast business. Uh, <laughs> It's big business. Yeah, we talked the whole time about doing it on Zoom and just never pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. I don't think it would have been quite the same. Nah. Um, So, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. You guys take care. Yeah, thanks for listening. Look us up on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Play. We're all over the place now. In fact, the other day, I just... Spotify yet? Uh, yeah, we're on Spotify. Yeah, yeah do yeah. Spotify because I, I think Spotify is going to be the next big thing for podcasting. Oh, yeah. It's going to go over iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Cause, just because of like the Joe Rogan deal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He, he did a mega deal. Yeah. Well, what, what size was that deal again? One uh, billion. It, it was, was big. A lot. It yeah. was big. Yeah, so we're on Spotify. We've been out there for a while. In fact, I yelled at Alexa the other day to play our podcast. And she pulled it right up. Yeah. iHeartRadio. That's pretty that. cool. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, well, look us up. Leave us a review. Adios. Adios.